2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. This is From Death to Life with Richard Young, and I'm Richard Young. This is a bonus episode that I recorded at the end of August with my brother, Nicholas Morrison and Nicholas um, has an awesome story of going from death to life and you can really hear his heart in this interview and this isn't a normal episode it's kind of just a bonus episode because I recorded it like I said on Instagram live might not be the best quality but you can hear it so enjoy this episode appreciate you for tuning in Uh, this is my friend nicholas morrison um nicholas just a real quick background on how we know each other i feel like i met you man you might have been in the fifth or sixth grade or something like that i can't how long have you known tyler i really got to know tyler when he went to college in 2010 but i've known your sisters and your brother back when i was in high school like your brother is one class ahead of me your sister's in my class and your other sister is two classes behind me and then uh and then i got to know you when i read when i met the the back half of the morrison kids yeah Um, i don't think i knew who you were until freshman year of high school and I showed up to your house for uh, a friend's birthday party. Like, not even one of my friends. It was one of your <laughs> birthday parties. And I was like a child. And everyone I, was it. it was fine. I didn't kick you out? No. Mercy. Was I, was I friends with... I was friends with Tyler by that point, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Otherwise, I wouldn't have been there. Yeah. 
just like, can I go in this random person's house? So that's the background of how I know you. But um, just a couple of things that we have in common. Um, we're both born into God-fearing families, correct? Um, yes, sir. Your parents, like my parents, love the Lord. Uh, and we were raised in that environment and what a blessing it has been. Mm -hmm. Uh, yet there's something that has changed in both of our lives. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about, but why don't you give me just a, like a little bit of background kind of like starting maybe in high school and just kind of moving through kind of your mindset and where you were at. I, I, I mean, when I say like spiritual matters, I mean, that's life. So just yeah. go with that. Just give us a, a little background of, of coming up through high school college and what, where you were at. Okay. Um, I mean, being a pastor's kid and just like the Morrison clan is just like, we're decent leaders. Like it just kind of happens. And so in high school, um, that's just kind of like where I was at. I knew all the right answers and I was in positions where you kind of just needed to know and do the right thing. And there wasn't anything wrong with that. That didn't like weigh on me. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't not genuine, but it wasn't out of like belief that it was like the right thing. I, I never thought about it. It was what I was taught. It was just easily regurgitated. It's like, uh, I'm really good at taking tests because I'm just really good at memorizing it and spitting it back, but I'm not absorbing like what I'm learning. I'm not actually learning it for the long term or really understanding what I'm learning. Um, so high school was a lot of that to where I, I knew like that's a, a, a big experience for a lot of people in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the right answers. Cause that's like education. <laughs> but people not. are telling you like this stuff is true and it's important and you're like yeah right yeah. okay but, i can yeah i'll repeat it back to you to get a gold star and like move on <laughs> um but and that that carried on over to college but i didn't feel um i didn't feel right in my heart i didn't feel good enough and i didn't feel um i felt like there were two people I felt like there was me, the genuine me. I thought it was me being the leader and having the right answers and like wanting to do good. That was me. But when I was alone or kind of like not in the spotlight, mm -hmm. um, there was just another me that was like not the same. And I needed to somehow shed that so that I could only be the genuine me. Uh, does that make sense? So this kind of started in college where you're like, I've, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. So you tell me yes. if it, this is what I'm hearing you're saying, like in college, you knew all the right answers, but when you would just kind of be with yourself, you would think, I, I don't know if I believe all this, or I don't know, like I'm kind of two people right now and I don't yes. like being two people, but I don't you tell me if I'm wrong here, but I don't know if people would like how I really feel or how I really am. My true heart. Is that what you're saying? Um, almost. 
it actually it was high school and college and it wasn't it wasn't that i was afraid they wouldn't like my true heart i believed that what they knew was my true heart but if they saw a piece of this other like not me uh-huh. person it would like they would believe that that's me instead of what they know so everything they know would be false and i wouldn't be able to convince them otherwise and so i needed to rid myself of this before anyone saw it mercy does that make sense like they all had a perception and mm-hmm. that's the exact perception that i wanted to be okay that i believed was me yes or needed to be me right and if they saw what i knew about myself cuz i knew me better than they knew me right if they saw what i knew alone when right. i was alone by myself what i did how i thought all of that if they saw some of that then the perception would change and it'd be shattered so did you have a lot of fear about that like how did you maneuver with that yeah no tons of fear um it manifested so one of the things that i have learned in the last couple months um just through the spirit kind of pointing things out to me is i had this need for intimacy and so that's where like a lot of my introspection has come from and i would just psychoanalyze and be like okay well why do i do this how do i um relate to these people and it all came from um me needing to know myself so i could explain myself to other people so that they could then know me and in that knowing they could accept me so my biggest fear was rejection wow. or being alone so if any if anyone like learned something other than i could explain to them uh-huh. i would be rejected and end up alone so what were some answers that you were coming up with at this time like how yeah what were answers you were like okay i'll do this and this will help me get through what was stuff that would come to your mind to figure out um i mean i knew that god was the solution like 100% he was going to be able to fix whatever problem i brought to him like that was the solution and i would go through um periods of motivation where i was like okay i'm going to try this new like bible study or i'm going to try this new like period of effort um but it and at first it would like yield results but it couldn't be consistent because it was all through my own effort mm. and eventually i would fail and in that failure i would lose hope again and i would realize how exhausted i was and i would be keeping track of those failures in between to where i was like okay this isn't working and i just plateau because i'm so tired of trying all the time and so in that like tiredness i would um i'd give it up and i'd be like okay well you do it but he never did more <laughs> like visible ways so i would just kind of chill until i hit another point of motivation to like try something else i'm sure there's people that relate to this man cuz i i relate to it um you know the answer is god 
and yeah. you go and you hear sermons and you hear people talking and they have like little bits of the answer like, oh, try this or do this in your devotional life. Or mm -hmm. the answer is worship or the answer is this thing. And you're like, oh, the answer is devotionals. Oh, the answer is worship. Oh, the answer is being selfless. I'm just thinking by myself. And so you're, you try those strategies out. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like jumping on the hamster wheel and you run, 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 run. And there's like some success. So it keeps you running a little longer. Yeah. Then you get worn out when you're like, oh, I still feel the same way. So maybe that didn't work. Yeah. Um, or the novelty wears off. Like there was one of my favorite ones. And I actually want to redo this one now. <laughs> one of my favorite ones, I went out and spent the summer in Washington. And... Okay my goal was just to know Jesus on a personal level because I can make friends. Like I've always wanted Jesus to be a friend, but I've oh. never been able to relate with him the way I do with my friends. And so that summer, my goal was I want to be like friends and get to know him the way I would get to know my friends. So I actually oh. did the 36 questions to fall in love. I don't know if you, if anyone else on here. I remember Katie that. was talking about that a lot. Yeah, like Katie so, was just like, oh, this, oh, that. and I was like, oh, okay. I want to say it's a New York Times article that was based on this study where it's 36 questions broken into three parts, and each section gets a little more like intimate. But essentially, it's made for two strangers to go on a date, and they ask all these questions. And by the end, um, you're supposed to stare into each other's eyes for four minutes. But there creates like a level of intimacy and trust between oh, two strangers. And so it's not necessarily to fall in love, but like you're gaining intimacy and trust through the process. And so I did that a question a day for the summer where I was asking God the question and like listening for the answer and then answering for myself, just trying to like get to know him the way I've done those exact 36 questions with different friend groups, just because it's fun. Man, your heart is so sincere, bro. And like, that's, that's, there's people that are so tired of running and mm -hmm. so tired of trying to figure it out. And they're thinking all this stuff about themselves and they have that same sincere heart that you have, that I yeah. knew I had that we wanted this thing, but okay. Yeah. So at the 30, at the end of this 36, like the novelty, what, what happened with it? You're just like, it didn't, it didn't, didn't take or, or it didn't well, yeah, for a I ran out of questions. <laughs> like, it stopped at 30, 36. And so at the end of the summer, like I was out of questions. I had been reading a couple of books that were specific on like Jesus character and him as a person. And I ran out of books and then I got to school and my whole schedule switched. I stopped going on morning walks. I stopped like everything just switched from the habits that I had built from the summer. And I just, I ran out of stuff. So here's, this is a good, I want to segue into this. Do it. There's a lie that says yeah. that salvation is by devotionals yeah. or salvation is by time spent or mm -hmm. salvation is by, like we have these periods of time in your specific part of life. You could do this. You're in college. And so the mm -hmm. summers are off and you're not in the grind. Yeah. And, and you have this experience, but then later in life, you're not in college 
And you're like, I just want to get back to how, how I had that experience because God and I were so close. And, and you remember this time, whether it was in high school on a prayer conference or this thing or in college in this thing, and you don't have that feeling anymore because you don't have that feeling and you can never really get back to it. Like, are you going to be able to move to Washington and, and have walks every day right. and have these 36 questions? And so you're, you just get more and more tired because you have just a lack of understanding. Yeah. Um, and, and I you're see fighting for a feeling. Oh man, I've seen this all the time, especially, I, I mean, maybe not especially, I would say with young people, like going through college, but I think it happens with adults. They just don't talk about it as much because yeah. they're supposed to have the answers by that by then. Yeah. They're supposed to know. Right. Yeah. So I was actually talking about this with my buddy, Zach, um, two nights ago. And we were talking about like the fact that feelings are so important nowadays, like our generation, especially, I don't know. I don't actually know when it happened. But there came a point where uh, mental health and feelings became validated. And so now, which I don't think is a bad thing, super great, but everyone's like very in tune with their feelings and they're all looking at their emotions to gauge how they're doing and like if they're happy and if they've attained success, if they're not satisfied, they haven't reached it. And like everyone's then looking at feelings. Um, and Zach said something where, and this is, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but where we're at now is, well, where we used to be is feelings would validate our beliefs. So hmm. when I was in those moments, I'd be like, oh, I feel good while I'm doing these things. So I must be doing something right. Oh. And, and when I'd run out, I'd feel bad. So I'd have to find another thing. And like, if I was doing something and I didn't feel good about it, I was like, okay, well, that's not the right thing. Hmm. Um, so feelings would validate it and make me question my belief. Right. right. Whereas now it should be the exact opposite. Mercy. If you're feeling something that is like counteracting your belief, your beliefs should make you question your feelings, not the other way around. Right. Yeah, people don't live. People live in the first one, bro. Yeah, people definitely. It's hard to switch out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get let's let's move let let's get to that. So, where did you, where were you at? Let's say um, the Washington thing. Let move from there. What what happened after that? Okay, so I got back to school, um, and it was the same as every other year, uh, and that kind of just carried on through the end of school <laughs> pretty much. Um, but we can lead in the last year has probably been the most change. Um, so that summer I was in Washington spending it with, um, the Dieter family. So mm -hmm. my friend Reagan invited me out cause we were on a walk before my brother's wedding. And we were both talking about how we just aren't very happy. We don't really have, uh, a goal in life right now. We don't know where we're going and we just want to take a break away from the structures of life. Like I was supposed to do an internship that summer and I was like, I don't want to do an internship just because that's going to help me graduate. Like I want to do 
something random that isn't for my future. And so he invited me out to Washington. I followed him out there. Um, two years, two years later, 2019 in March, um, my buddy Reagan died in a car accident. Mm. And so that was right before finals, uh, end of the school year. I was just about to graduate and yeah, it, <laughs> it wrecked me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like that kind of just started, I've always had kind of an affinity or a mindset of grief and loss, even though I've never experienced it. Mm. Um, so movies and books, like those are the things that make me cry. I don't really cry in my own life, except like when <laughs> I lose something. Um, yeah. So that kind of had always been on my mind. Like, what if this happened? What if this happened to me? What if it happened to my family? And then it happened. Mercy. And all of a sudden, all those feelings I had imagined were real. And through the summer, I came down to Florida. I was living. Um, my sister was down here. I had an internship with a bunch of cool people. I was learning to surf. Like, life was good, but I was not happy. Like, underneath. I was having good days, but underneath, I was always heavy. Um, and just, like, grieving, right? Right. And I would talk to my parents. I would talk to people. Um, but I didn't want to heal. I said that out loud. I was like, I don't want to heal. I know God will heal me, so I'm not going to turn to him because I'm like sitting in this. Um, Is that just because you, yeah, why was that? Why didn't you want to heal? I tried to figure it out. Um, I think part of it was like, I had imagined this for so long and those were the deepest feelings I've ever had um, to where I didn't want to lose that. Huh. Another thing of that is I believe that my like empathy, whenever I would randomly have a day where I just like feel it without any triggers, I'd be like, okay, that means like other people out there know Reagan, like they're also having days like this. So that would like motivate me to reach out to people. And I felt if I stopped feeling things, I would forget to ask people how they're doing. I'd forget to check in. I'd forget to be there for people. Um, and so I needed that. I needed that to be there for other people. I don't wow. want to leave anyone hanging. Um, but God kind of took that and he knew I wasn't going to come to him. But he put a friend in my life um, that I met here in Florida. And obviously there were friends already down here um, that just kind of started pulling me away from that without me realizing it. Like they made uh, like just feel really good again mm -hmm. um to where by thanksgiving i was in minnesota with my family and i remember there being a night where i was like whoa i'm happy without like the cloud underneath without the weight i was like he tricked me <laughs> like he <laughs> he straight maneuvered his way into like healing for me and i i, I wasn't 100 percent, but like he got me to a point where i like wanted it um and so from there, that friend, my buddy Matt, moved in December. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like that, that thing that had um, kind of reminded me how to be happy again yeah. wasn't taken. So it just felt like another loss. Yeah. I was like, this isn't super fun. And I was kind of hurt. And I had to try and like recreate a life where I was happy again. And I formed it in this little friend group. 
and then another friend left at the literally the week before Reagan's one year anniversary. Mm. And I was like, I'm kind of over this. Like, this is not fun for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just hard because I knew that I was finding um, joy and those feelings in uh, places that are not sustainable. Mm. And I knew that, but I had never found joy in God. Like he has given me things that have brought me joy and happiness, but I've never just been with God and been like, oh, dang, I don't need anything. Like I'm happy. You're awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never found that purely from him. Right. Um, But I was reading this book called, If Jesus Loves Me, Why Isn't This Working? (laughs) Crazy. Um, (laughs) I, I got to, I had stopped reading it in February or something. I didn't like part of it. And so I stopped reading it. Um, and then I came back to it and I was reading chapter five on April 1st. So April fools. And there was this little prayer in there that was basically like all the chapters leading up to this point are true. And the belief part, you can just pray this prayer without feeling like you believe it, but you are choosing to believe that like you are made whole, you're given a new heart. We are made one. Like, you are free of condemnation and shame and guilt. All those promises that he has given, whether I felt it or not, or like felt the victory, I could just say, oh yeah, like, thank you for that. I choose to believe that because you are who you say, because you are who you say you are, I am who you say I am. And so like April Fool's that morning was kind of when I was like, oh, I can just choose it. I can just choose to believe. And so I was like, all right, I did it, I guess. Like, I'm in. Does that make sense? No, yeah, that makes sense. So, <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm thinking about this timeline. Um, yeah. 2019, end of January, early February. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been like six months. <laughs> Classic God showed up on a... Benji knows six months after Tyler and Morgan are falling apart. Yeah. And end of January, I had this conversation with your brother where like there was just a switch, just like a click. Mm -hmm. And I just started to believe what Romans six was saying. Yeah. Then Romans eight Colossians one. And I was starting to roll with this thing. And Tyler and I are talking every day. And I remember it's starting to solidify. and We're starting to get super uh, spritzed about it. <laughs> I remember him talking about you a lot. Hmm. Talking about, you know, his whole family, but talking specifically about you. Um, when did he start talking to you about this stuff? And... And I don't know if you received this from him or how did it feel like, was it different? Talk to me about that because I think I don't want to, I don't want to tell your story for you, but I think you got that book from Morgan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about reading it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, Tyler was kind of talking to me from the beginning. Um, but there did come a point where like, 
I was frustrated with it. I wasn't like, oh, shut up, stop talking to me. But I, it just came up all the time. And I just wanted to hang out with my brother. Like, I just wanted to hang out. You know what I'm saying? And like, can we just, can we just play ball? Why are we just talking chill? about Colossians 1 again? Yeah, like, it came to a point where I just didn't want to start a conversation with him. Because I, I just wanted to, like, talk about anything. And he just wanted to talk about one thing. <laughs> Which <laughs> When did fun. you start realizing this? When did you start, real like, how long into this thing were you just like, oh, come on, man, come off of it? Um, I don't even know. It all warped. Every conversation turned into one long conversation. Um, but it was, it was good. I just, like, everything he was saying made sense to me. But I would ask questions and, like, be critical of it just because that's, I'm, like, playing devil's advocate, trying to understand more. But, like, nothing seemed wrong about it. And it wasn't necessarily all new either. Okay. So it wasn't all stuff that, like, was profound. And he was stating everything like it was the newest. Like, yo, thing. yo, check this out. Check this out. God loves us. And you're like, I yeah. yeah okay. like, he does. We, we heard that. It's good. Yeah, we yes. it. It's good. Which is dope. Um, but, yeah, it just started, like, I don't know. And we had a couple that were, like, meant a little more to me than some of the other ones. And that was cool. And then once Morgan was in it, I think for some reason it was easier to talk to both of them. And so when she was in, um, I started having more, like, I want this. Oh, that was it. I didn't want Tyler to convert me. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, for some reason, I was just like, not wanting to give in because I didn't want Tyler to win. I don't know what it was. It was the weirdest thing. So like, I wanted it and made I sense. I think it's called pride. Oh yeah, that might be it. I don't know. <laughs> because, okay, it's so funny that you say that because people have that similar reaction to to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know who they don't have that reaction to? Morgan. Natalie, Morgan. <laughs> Morgan. Morgan and Natalie. Like, maybe, I don't know what, but it, that's very fun. Talk, talk to yeah. me about that. Yeah. Christian says deception. Talk to me about that whole uh, going through that. I don't want Tyler to be right and convert me. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember thinking, like, I didn't want... It felt like I would be, like, losing. Not even losing to my brother. Like, it wasn't a brotherly rivalry. It was just, like... I think I was annoyed. <laughs> I was just kind of annoyed, and everything kind of made sense. And so I wasn't wanting to, like, give the satisfaction. Like, I, I think I... Okay, it was 100% pride. I wanted to do it by myself. Mercy. I wanted to do it by myself. Yeah, something um, just clicked for you in that moment just two seconds ago where you're like, I think, uh, oh yeah, it was 100% pride. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it by myself. Uh, and that came from shame as much as pride. Um, because if I did it with someone else, he had, set, he had told stories. He had told Morgan's story or whatever where like immediately your past becomes a story that you share with everyone. And so there was a shame. There was a fear where as soon as I did it, 
I would have to tell my story, like all the depths of what it was. So if I did it with Tyler or Tyler like prayed with me and like I became dead to whatever sins I was struggling with, then Tyler would know them. But if I did it by myself, just me and God, no one else would have to know anything until I was already in victory. You know what I'm saying? Kind of, man. That's an interesting way to look at it. But it's all rooted in fear, huh? Sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the fear was your stuff put on Front Street and... If you go go from death to life with somebody like that, then you're just another story or something. Am I putting words in your mouth or does that make sense? Or I'm not. It wasn't another story. It was the same fear I had since high school where, honestly, it would feel like it would defeat the purpose. Because if I became healed and became like, if I was this new creation that God said I was and all this other stuff was an old me that is dead at the cross. Um, But I tell that story and it's the first anyone's ever heard of it. That's all that's on their minds. They can't see the transformation. They don't know. Does that like, they're not going to separate me between my old self and my new self. They're Hmm. only going to see my old self as my present self. So if you tell them what you were, they'll mess it up and think, well, maybe he's still this guy then. Yeah. Especially like day after stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I just like April Fools. I just got it. And then if I start telling people April 2, they're like, okay, well, you can't change that fast. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's someone... still fear. It was all still fear. Okay. So and I, I, didn't want, from I, I didn't want to bring Tyler into my personal life. I can do it. Me and God can do it without anyone else, which actually is kind of how it happened. It wasn't, but we were alone when it happened. Just me and my, my boy, Tyler wasn't okay. there. <laughs> but, okay. So I was talking to Tyler and Morgan multiple times, and there were like multiple times where I was just like crying, and they kept saying, they were like, you get it. Like, you get it. You're so close. And you know all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I know it all, but I don't believe it. Like, I don't know why I can't believe it. And So why couldn't you believe it? Part of it was I stopped believing that it was possible. Like, that I could be any different than I was because it had been so long. And I had, I had tried for so long and I had given God the reins multiple times and he's never pulled through in any way that um, I wanted him to. It hasn't wow. looked the way I, and I stopped believing that he could do it or that he would do it. I knew that he could, but I, I didn't think he would because he hadn't. And yeah, so, it's such a big lie, yet it's so many people's experience. And there may be somebody who's watching this later or watching it right now that's just like, I feel that I don't believe he can do it. I'm still in this thing. I've tried all of these things. Yeah. Uh, and that was your experience, but yet something is different. Yeah. How? <laughs> um, well, it was a, I don't know, kind of like the biggest realization was from be- not believing that he would do it 
to believing that he already did do it. So I was, I was in a mindset where there were certain things that needed to change for me to be who God said I was. Like there were things about me or things that I did that were very obviously contradictory to how God sees me or how I saw how God saw me. If that, yeah, my perception of God seeing me. Um, And so if I was going to be who he said I was, I needed those things to be different. But when I, so you're like, God, when you change me, these things can be different, but you're not changing me right now. So I'm waiting on you. Does that, does that seem like, yeah, like I can't claim to be who God sees me as until I actually am like until those things change and I, I am that. But when I, oh, this is believe, such a, oh, this is so awful because people are living this right now. Yeah. Um, but when I like realized that it already happened, like all those things are true about me currently, it's from like that place that I'm like actually free to change. So how did you discover that it had already happened? Um, part of it was that book. Um, that book is, so I saw it on Morgan's Instagram and, or she doesn't have Instagram. I don't like Morgan's don't know got how a, I saw it. A, a burner account. Instagram. I got a vision of Morgan reading this book. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but, but I it was her like caption was this book is so good. It's literally letters from Jesus, like to this guy. And I was like, oh, I want letters from Jesus. Like dope. So I started reading this book. Turns out it's the author writing letters from Jesus to this guy, and that's kind of why I stopped reading. I was like. I got lied to. <laughs> like, this is not, <laughs> Jesus didn't write this book. But then when I, <laughs> I was honestly so betrayed. I texted Morgan. I was like, what the? The author's name is different than the guy in this book. Like, it's not even the same person. Um, Mercy. So I, I was just, like, kind of upset about it. But when I started reading it again, I read it with the same thing as the Bible. Like, if God is going to speak... And he can speak through someone just as easily as he can speak straight to someone. So I was like, okay, well, these letters are still from Jesus. (laughs) So I was reading these. I'll allow it. Yeah. I was like, it passes, I guess. Um, And it did. Dude, you have no idea how it passed. (laughs) Um, But it was literally just each chapter was building off of itself. So it, like, was saying... Uh, how I've received a new heart. And then it was saying, now that I've received a new heart, um, I can be one with God. And then now that I'm one with God, this is true. And now that I'm one with God, this is true. And now that I'm one with God, this is true. And every chapter after that is like, now that this is true, everything else is true. Mercy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's super good. Super good book. Um, but it, that's kind of where it was. And then I think a week or two later, LRT did their first Zoom call thing, like yeah. the virtual yeah. Zoom tour. And like all of that just further confirmed like what I was, what I had experienced on April Fool's Day of all the days. Well, Eddie wants to know the name of the book. 
What's the book called? Oh, um, it is, If Jesus Loves Me, Why Isn't This Working? If Jesus Loves Me, Why Isn't This Working? Yeah. So LRT Zoom call starts. And yeah. it sounds like you're realizing what it means to be I'm a, I, in Christ. Yeah. So before we knew we were in Christ, you know, I don't mm-hmm. feel like we talk about that enough. And when yeah. I say we, I'm not talking about you and me. We, we talk about it. Um, I feel like there's something that happens when somebody tells you who you already are. Because mm-hmm. if somebody's giving you a blueprint on how to achieve something, that's tiring. You're like, yeah. okay, what's what's the new blueprint for how to get this thing? Oh, it's by this? Yeah. I've done that. But when somebody's like, no, 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 this happened already to you uh, 2,000 years ago. This is a past tense thing. Like, uh, you don't have to get right with God. He made himself right with you because he sent his son. So, because, and here's something that we do, and you tell me if you've experienced this. I mean, I've worked in Adventist education my whole career. And well, until recently, and we talk like um, it's about we kind of switch it and flip it, and it's about us loving God. It's about mm-hmm. how much we love God. Where even if we love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, it is no comparison, and not even the story, because it's about how much God loves us. Yeah, what he already did for us. And it's called the finished work of the cross because it is finished. This is a past tense thing. That's why, like, the faith that people had in the Old Testament is not the faith that we have. Yeah, Because the faith that they had in the Old Testament, like, Abraham was righteous because he believed God. He believed what God was going to do. And we believe we we are righteous because he did the thing already. So Abraham was looking for this thing to happen. What was the thing to happen for God to send his son for the Messiah, for all of this to take place. We don't have the faith that, Oh, we're looking for God to do something because it happened 2000 years ago. And so that means that Richard and Nicholas are, if we believe that Jesus is the son of God, we are in Christ. And what is it? What, what comes with being in Christ? Um, belief. The biggest struggle I see in myself and for others is belief. And yeah. let's talk about that. The belief. Why do we struggle with belief? Because our life and our feelings are saying something opposite of what the word, the, the word being Jesus and yeah. what the Bible is saying about us. So that's where you are at. If, I, if I'm hearing you correctly is you knew all of this stuff. Yeah, but you still were trying to get it. Yeah, and in trying to get it, you were like running a mile, and and you were just tired. Yeah. So I, I mean, as long as I can remember, I'd been taught salvation by faith. So I would, um, I would believe that if God came at any moment, I'd be saved. Right. Right. But I didn't feel I didn't feel that my faith was genuine enough so in order to make up for it i would have to put in effort 
to prove that my heart was in the right place. Ooh. Does that make sense? Like, so, yes, if, it makes so sense. if God came and he looked at how bad I wanted it and how hard I tried, I would, I would be okay. Because even Bro. if I was taking, like, even in that moment, if I was taking two steps back, like, you know, the whole struggle is one step forward, two steps back, or two steps back, two steps back, two steps back. <laughs> like, it's just a struggle. And I had, I had decided in my mind, life is just going to be this one big struggle. And in, like, even in those moments, if God came while I was taking two steps back, he knew that that's not what I wanted and that I really was trying. And so I'd be saved by like the effort. Dude, this is, I'm starting to believe that maybe it's not just you and me that feel like this because <laughs> that's almost the exact thing that I felt. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much like God has saved me. He loves me. And because he sees me struggling with sin, but still getting up. Yeah. That when he comes back, he's going to be like, bag gum, Richard, you really worked hard. Yeah. You're in. Because, I, and I knew I had, <laughs> I, I, I believed I was going to go to heaven, but my life was to struggle because I believe, well, I've got this thing and I'm never going to be able to beat this thing. So as long as he sees me working really hard, uh, I'm yeah. good. And if that's the Christian life, pass, man. Like, it's not, that is not the Christian life. Like, yeah. But we misunderstand the Bible. Yeah. And so, like, very simply, and people might, uh, I get hesitate to say this, but when Jesus says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will receive it, we think, oh, so I need to hunger and thirst for righteousness and I'll receive it. We misunderstand what he's saying. Um, did you receive righteousness because you're righteous? Did yeah. you receive it because you hungered and thirsted for it? No. No. Why, why did you receive righteousness? Why didn't I receive it? No, why did you? Now, you are righteous. Oh, because it was are given to me. Yes. It's just... And so we read out. this part of the Bible and we're like, oh, I need to hunger and thirst for this thing. And then I'll have... It. No. You have it because you believe that Jesus is the son of God. You have yeah. it because you confess with your lips that truth. Yeah. And so it's not about, like, God isn't like, okay, I'm giving you salvation. You have it. It's yours. Now, how bad do you want it? Like, yeah. that's not how it works. And when we realize that, gum, like, that's, I think, the moment I realize that God does love me. It's like, oh, this isn't about me working for this. This isn't about me striving for this. Mm -hmm. um, and I just cut you off for, for what you were saying. But um, so is that, go from there. <laughs> what? I don't even know what we're talking about. Uh, I don't either. No, you say. Okay, so when, did, when did it switch? Okay, yeah. When did it switch from the struggle is real to I have it now? Yeah. So reading reading that book and that little prayer that was just saying, like, thank you that this is true. I believe 
this and this, and then going through LRT. And I don't even think I made it through the whole week because we're a lot later over in Florida than when you start. So I would be like drifting off. Um, but it literally just every day when I would wake up and I would say, thank you for giving me a new heart. Thank you that I'm your son. Thank you that we are one. I'm in you. You are in me. Um, like all of these thank yous, like your prayers are all thank yous for what's already been. Um, and I felt joy. Even though in that year, what I, what I said, um, was I kept experiencing losses and I felt like God kept stripping away and looking back, it's a good thing. But in the moment I was very frustrated. Um, looking back, he literally took away all those things and COVID hit the month before. So then I didn't even have, I still had my job, but I was working remote. So I didn't have the people that made my job enjoyable. And so he literally stripped throughout that year, all those things that I was relying on for joy, for fulfillment, for whatever it was. And so in that moment, as soon as it clicked, I was hollow and ready to like, just be filled. And so from that moment, like there wasn't necessarily anything for me to be joyful about because I was just sitting alone in my house for months, but I was like really happy and just super at peace. And it was peace that doesn't make sense. Peace that surpasses all understanding because there was no reason. Yeah. You've heard of that one. (laughs) Um, It's crazy Uh, because there wasn't any reason for me to feel it, but I had it. And I, I would like, thank you. And there was in LRT, there's that night where like they really kind of hit on feelings aren't Lord. And so I knew for a second, I started like dreading. I was like, Oh, there's going to be a time where I don't feel this good. What's going to happen. And then in that moment, I was like, Oh, nothing's going to happen. Like <laughs> I'm still going to know that I am this, like it doesn't change when my feelings are any different, but I've still been feeling pretty joyful and peaceful. <laughs> pretty sick. <laughs> No, man. Someone asked me the other day, they're like, Richard, why are you so afraid of feelings? <laughs> um, and they're like, why don't you live your life by feelings? Hmm. And I say, well, everybody lives their life by something. Mine is not feeling. Mine is truth. I live my life by truth. And the truth is person. And what he says is truer than whatever I'm feeling because even when when you say is it true that you've ever felt that God wasn't near people are like yeah 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 and and then you say was was God not near and they're like oh no he wasn't so just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true number one and man it just changes when your foundation is a solid rock yeah. and the solid rocks being like, Oh, Katie, Katie Mo just joined us. Um, it's true. Like it just changes. Um, yeah. So talk to me about, well, I mean, just going off of what you just said, if we're sticking with that parable or that analogy, um, if you're built on the solid rock, like the storms are still going to come. The storms, are your feelings. So it's not like the storms don't come anymore 
and the feelings are all good all the time when you're on the rock. But the rock is like, that's what you are founded on. The feelings yeah, don't matter. Yeah. So we, we just think of like the storms as being tests or being trials or being like tough times, but it can just be internal storms of feelings that are still not going to uh, knock us off our foundation. They're not going to collapse our walls. They're not going to flood inside our roots because we're grounded in truth that surpasses the feelings that we have. Yeah, because it's over. Yeah, like the, story, the story is written, mm-hmm. period. I mean, we're still living it, but it's over, period. And so, like, just go back to the faith of Hebrews 11. All of these people, like, Abraham died and the promise wasn't fulfilled when he died. Right. Like, I, I can't go through everybody in Hebrews 11, but they all died before Jesus came. I, I think Abraham was taken, or Moses was taken up. Um, and they're waiting, yet they, they believe, and so God counted them as righteous. Mm-hmm. That's not our faith. Our story is over we're hidden in Christ with God. So what faith do we need to have? I guess the faith we need to have is when life sucks, God still loves us. When Mm -hmm. life sucks, that thing that happened 2000 years ago, it still happened 2000 years ago. You still are a new person, even though your circumstances suck. And so I guess there's that faith that you need to have in my opinion, that's different in the faith that, oh, this thing is going to happen. Right. Like we can, we can anytime flip open the Bible and be like, okay, it did happen. Okay. I am filled with Christ. I'm, <laughs> I'm in Christ with God. Okay. Uh, I, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I can approach the throne boldly because as he is, so am I in this world. Okay. All those things are true. If I'm struggling with my faith, but people, they think that like faith, it's about like our life being hard. Like hmm. our, our, like the struggle of our life, the main struggle of our life is over. Yeah. It's been decided and we're on a victory lap, right? Yeah. And so then our lives are, are different because of it. So talk to me about you were, went from death to life. Yeah. What's that doing for your, how's it, how, what's it like being alive? Oh, dude, it's so good. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's just, honestly, like, I mean, the structure of my life isn't necessarily different. Like, I'm still uh, working remote and in my house. And, like, it's pretty much the same. That reminds me, I, might wanna, I might want to crash at your house uh, in October, but I'm going to talk to you. okay keep going (laughs) um but like it looks the same outside in but inside out it's completely different and i'm living from a place of abundance where everything that i give and everything that i do and everything that i am is from that place of truth of what's already been accomplished not 
it couldn't have even been accomplished through my efforts because I was not anywhere near being born yet. <laughs> like I was not involved at all. And so I can just like love better and love without fear of rejection and love selflessly without getting affirmation back. Um, how, do you, how do you do that now? Why? How is that possible? Because I'm, I don't lack any love. I don't lack any satisfaction. I don't lack because it's all from who I am as a son of God. And that all comes. So nothing anyone can say to me uh, is going to improve that and make me feel more valuable or devalue me. So nothing, whereas before, like there were definitely certain things people could say where I was like, that makes me feel so good. Like I feel so much better about myself or, <laughs> or it could have the opposite effect, but we're not, that doesn't matter. Um, so your circumstances say nothing really about you. Yeah. 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 That's a really good way of summing up what I just rambled about for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, because my circumstances meant a lot about me from before, dude. Mm -hmm. Like how I was doing meant a lot. Yeah. If I was good at my job meant a lot. Yeah. And now none of that stuff means anything about me. The last couple of weeks I've actually had multiple conversations about why um, I used to check in on people and like be a friend that would try and stay in touch. But I would always ask like, oh, how are you doing? And now that question just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to ask because it gets people to focus on how they're feeling. And sometimes that's good. Like, I do want to know how you're doing. But especially right. when they ask me, I don't know how to answer because then I start looking for, like, feelings that I'm having. And I was like, I don't know. I'm good. Like, I'm good. And then they ask, like, what's going on? And, like, it doesn't really sound that good. <laughs> but it is. Like, I'm good. Um, and it is just, like, I started saying that I'm blessed instead of I'm good. And me and my mom were actually doing a, like one of those Bible app plans. And okay. one of the days was talking about blessed and how that word doesn't actually mean like we think of it as lucky or fortunate because of blessings. And so it's all these things that we have that we feel blessed or we are blessed. But the word itself actually means like a blissful existence like it's just living in bliss. And I was good. like, yeah. So now when people say how I am and I'm, I generally try and say like, oh, I'm blessed. It just means like, I'm just good. Like I'm existing blissfully regardless of anything else. Like I don't need to go into any more detail because I'm blessed. All right. Well, let me ask you this question. That's awesome. Let me ask you this question. We'll wrap it up with this. Um, you're talking to somebody who's watching this uh oh we got 155 remaining and you want to and they're like i want this man i want what you have what are you gonna tell that person you have it <laughs> <laughs> is that a cop out why yeah. do i have it i don't feel like i have it why do i have it because it's it's just already true so i go back to just my own experience and that like when I didn't believe that I had it or like, I didn't feel like I had it, I could still make the choice that like, it doesn't matter what I feel. Um, especially when there's two sides. So I actually said this to one of my friends 
is there's two people telling you truths about yourself, right? They're both trying to yeah. convince you. And when both sides, like when you can't make a decision between the arguments, look at who's talking to you. And so when two people are saying something and you can't decide between what they're saying, you can't discern what's true, look at who is saying it. And one is saying it to lie to you and to get you to feel a certain way, um, to make you feel less than. And the other one just straight up loves you. Well, you know what I'm saying? So that like, when you can't decide between the two arguments, just look at who's saying it and that's how you determine what's true. Man, that's a perfect way to end it. Nicholas, man, your testimony of God's love. I love it, bro. We got 25 seconds left. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Love, I wanna, you. love you, bro. We'll, we'll talk. We'll probably see you in the next few hours, but love you, man. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Peace. Stay alive, hey. Mm-hmm.